just out in 2019, our newly released paperback version of our book, Affordable Interior Design, High-End Tips for Any Budget, has just hit shelves. If you want to learn more about selecting your style, picking the perfect paint colors, choosing a color palette that will wow, then you won't want to miss this book. Plus, it has a whole bunch of pretty pictures. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com, click on the shop tab, and you will see our book for $14.99. Additionally, if you purchase it on our website, I will personally sign it for you. And if you use promo code podcast at checkout, you'll get 15% off your entire order. Head to our website and grab your copy today. a high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look be your own interior designer this is affordable interior design the podcast here's your host betsy hellman happy fall it is cold here is it cold where you are once daylight savings happens i officially surrender it's just going to get dark at 4 30 and it's just going to be freezing and it's going to feel like this for the next six months and then I'll reawaken and enjoy life again. No, that sounds pretty grim, but I do get a little funky this time of year. And one thing that has brought me out of my funk is talking to you guys. You guys have written in asking about the Academy. You've signed up for calls to talk about if this is a fit for you. And it has been great to connect with podcast listeners because I just talk into a microphone once a week, but I don't actually know if anything registers. So it's great to hear from you guys. And it's great to hear your stories. This week, as I was talking to people, one of the themes that came across was a theme of regret. People regretted that they didn't pursue this career earlier, that they always had a passion to be creative, and they didn't really think they could make money at it, or they didn't see a way for them to fit into this world of interior design, or they didn't want to go against their parents' wishes or their own beliefs that this wouldn't actually be something that they could take seriously. And I want to assuage some of those regrets. I want to make you feel a little bit better because, you know, when I started this business 15 years ago, there wasn't the selection that's available now. And if you think even 20 years ago, this affordable interior design career would not have been possible. There were not a lot of amazing retail options available. There was not a lot of good quality, stylish furniture that you could get easily on your own. Typically, you would have to go through a trade or a designer. Typically, you might have to shop consignment or get antiques to have pieces that you could really be assured would be of quality. And it was really rare for people to have their own personal style back then. So for those of you who are regretting not going a different way, I want to tell you that this career field wasn't possible very long ago. And certainly you could have been a high-end designer, but that is a completely different field, a completely different path, one that I don't have a huge amount of passion for. It would not have been a path I would have pursued. So for those of you who are feeling like that, wipe that clean for yourself. The other note I've been hearing is, you know, I did pursue a different path like marketing or 
being an accountant or working for a bank. And I feel like I wasted my time. I feel like now I'm starting this whole nother venture or I dream of starting a whole nother venture and I have no skills to bring to the table. Uh, especially I hear, have been hearing this from stay-at-home moms. And I want to tell you guys that that is absolutely not the case. You are not seeing those other experiences, those other chapters of your life as advantageous things that you could use for this new business you're embarking on. Those people that have been in marketing, are you kidding me? If I would have had a marketing background, do you know how much faster I would have accelerated my business? How much more profitable I would have been? I had to learn the ropes of marketing as I go, and I'm still learning. If I would have known about spreadsheets before I opened my business, I could have jumped a major hurdle. If I would have known about invoicing, if I would have known to use software to do this, wow, would I have saved myself so much time energy, headaches. So I want you to know that the expertise that you have, whatever field you did go into, is going to serve you as an interior designer, as somebody who might be taking your own clients or maybe even running your own business. And for those stay-at-home moms, because we have gotten a lot of people um, interested in the academy who are doing that, I want to also assure you that that expertise is very valuable. Before I had kids, I would meet with clients and I would really have to prove myself. They would be wondering, does she really know what she's talking about? Does she know how much toy storage I need? Does she understand my challenges? Does, does she know, will she judge me if I tell her that my kids are drawing on the walls? But now, now that I have kids, now that I have an experience firsthand, they automatically have this trust in me, this faith that not only do I get them, but that I'll be able to help them with these challenges because I also know them intimately. Having kids has built a huge bridge between me and my clients, and it's basically been a shortcut, a shortcut to trust, a shortcut to communication. We instantly can start digging in on these problems versus them needing to inform me about their particular situation. Don't think about these past experiences or past years as a waste or something that you cannot directly apply. You can. So use them as a springboard to make you even more successful and even more driven. That's just a note that I want to tell everyone. All right. Okay. Now let me dig into the mailbag. The first question is, hi, Betsy. I love your podcast so much. I even listen to it while I run. If you can imagine that. My husband and I moved into our first owned home in coastal North Carolina this past June. My two word, okay, my four word phrase for the home is serene and sophisticated seaside sanctuary. Attached are photos of our living room, which now includes my work from home corner. You'll notice that the current seating situation is just a single couch. In previous homes, we've used the matching love seat as additional seating. But having the couch and the love seat together just won't work in this space. So I moved the love seat upstairs to the dude den. I didn't and don't want to see the back of the couch from the dining room. And I just think it's too bulky. Plus, furniture sets would be cheesy to me. So I don't want to bring the love seat back in. The living room for our primary space we're going to be using for entertaining. I need seating for at least two more people. And I also need a chic desk chair, a coffee table, side tables, a larger mirror, and at least one piece of artwork. I found some beige chairs and attached a photo. 
Yes, I know they're beige. The chairs do come in other colors like sage and blue, but I just think I'll get tired of them and I won't be able to have as much fun with my accent pillows. I would reconsider doing them in beige if you felt strongly that I should do them in a color. Would you provide any advice on how to proceed with furnishing this room? Would wooden side tables and coffee tables be too much brown and beige? Is the couch just too big and bulky for this room? Would swapping it out with a loveseat help at all? Do I need to get a slip cover to change the color of the couch? Thank you, Megan. Megan, we had a lot going on here. We have got a lot to talk about. First of all, let's start with the style of this room because having a four-word phrase is absolutely not okay. So you said serene, sophisticated seaside sanctuary. Well, first we want to have that word that's how we want to feel, right? And then the second word is the style of the space. So we can call the style of the space seaside or beachy or coastal, right? That's taken care of. Now we want the feeling word. And I think serene and sanctuary are bringing up some of the same feelings for me, but sanctuary is a noun, not an adjective. So I think we should go with serene. And then, you know, no matter what two words I recommend that somebody chooses, uh, they need to add that third word, which is sophisticated. So it's fine that you have that one in. I would just put it at the end. So now we're talking serene, coastal, sophisticated, right? Those will be your three words. Serene, coastal are the two words, and then sophisticated at the end, and I love it. If you don't love those words, go back to the drawing board and find synonyms for those words that really light you up, that really inspire you, so that when you're shopping, you can make sure that the piece you're considering is either serene or coastal, but most definitely sophisticated. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. This episode is brought to you by ShopTagger. ShopTagger is a must-have app, especially for holiday shopping and Black Friday. Save from 4,000 plus online stores all in one place. Get notified the moment the items you're looking at go on sale. ShopTagger scans the web for coupon codes at checkout and automatically applies them to your purchase. I have the shop tagger button in my browser and I shop all the time for clients. So I get a pop-up alert letting me know when the items I've been looking at go on sale. If you'd like to be eligible to win $500 from shop tagger, head over to today's show notes at affordableinteriordesign.com. Click on the link in the show notes and be registered to win $500. Thanks shop tagger. Let me dig into your first question. Advice on how to proceed with furnishing this room. Okay, so this living room is kind of small from the pictures it appears, and it's an open concept space. It's open to the dining room, and it's also open to the main entryway. So it is basically the midpoint between the entryway and the dining room, as far as I can tell from these pictures which means it's a little bit of a thoroughfare. So you don't want to block the walkways with too much furniture. You could certainly keep the couch where it is in front of the windows. Or, you know, I get kind of bummed out when people have a beautiful fireplace in a room and there's no seating parallel to that fireplace so that you get that direct view. I might challenge you to think about making the sofa parallel to the fireplace. I know the back of the sofa will be facing the entryway, 
but you can easily put a sofa table so that way they're seeing some beautiful display when they walk in. You can put that behind the sofa. Or, I mean, I don't think it's so bad to see the back of the sofa as long as you have enough room for an ample walkway. I don't think there's anything wrong with this sofa per se. I mean, I don't love that you have a beige sofa on beige carpeting because it is getting a little cafe latte in here for me. But as long as the sofa is not deep, because it looks like it's a little bit deeper than normal and the standard depth of a sofa is 36 inches. So I don't want it to feel too bulky in here, but more than likely if the sofa is 36 inches deep or more, then the love seat will also be the same depth and the depth is what I'm worried about in this space. Uh, in terms of getting a slip cover, well, that's a hell to the no. Megan, have you read my book? Slip cover is an S word and an S word is a very bad word. Now my kids are like, mom, our friend said the S word and they still think the S word is shut up, which I think is charming. But slip cover is an even worse S word than shut up. Slip covers are saggy, baggy. They're granny panties for your furniture. They're usually ill-fitting. They usually look wrinkly. No, no, no. Get some cute throw pillows, get a delicious throw blanket and call it a day. But whatever you do, make sure that these new armchairs you buy are not beige because looking into your dining room, you have a wood table. Your chairs are also a wood tone, which means that that whole room is currently brown as well. Oh my gosh, no more brown, Megan. Bring in something contrasting and let me know how it turns out. All right, let me move to my next note. The next email came from, hold on, I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling through Megan's pictures. Where is it? Oh, here we go, from Andrea. Okay, Andrea, let's get into it. Andrea writes, hi, Betsy. I am a premium member and I love listening to your podcast. Well, Andrea, that's why your letter got moved up to the top of the back. I am so excited that you decided to move forward with your training program this fall. I've been working on my own design blog, designmorsels.com. And I'm trying to get my feet into the design world. I don't think the high-end market is my cup of tea. I want to work with people that don't have a large budget and I want to buy retail. Would you ever consider hiring someone remotely after they've completed your training program to work as either a designer online or in the Dallas area? I really want to get into this business, but I don't see anything like what you do in the Dallas market. Believe it or not, the area I live in is full of high-end apartments and condos. I think it could be a great place to offer your kind of service. I'm 50 years old and not a spring chicken, so I'm not sure traditional design school is the place for me. I have the capital to invest in a remote office, but I'm just not sure what my next step should be. I look forward to hearing from you, Andrea. All right, Andrea. First of all, let me give you a little reality check that 50 is not old. You are still a young little chicken, and this is the perfect time to start something new. 50 means that people, like I mentioned before, when people had respect for me when I had kids, people have respect for people who are a little bit older. They understand that you've been through some stuff, you've seen some stuff, you know the value of a piece. When I was 25 years old and starting this business, I had a very hard time instilling confidence in people such that they would buy a $3,000 couch that I recommended. And I had never personally bought a $3,000 couch. So sometimes I was like, I understand your hesitation, 
right? Uh, so I want you to think of your age as an asset, not a liability. I want you to think of your past experience, whatever that was, as something that you can weave in to this new design venture and use it to make you more confident and more successful. So I am really excited that my training program is launched and you know it is the same training program I use with my interior designers here at my firm. I did add some things like um, business growth and client success, things like that, things that aren't necessarily in my package that I teach my designers. So I made it a little bit more robust for the academy, but it is essentially the exact same thing. That being said, I do not foresee in the near future using this as any kind of recruitment tool. I expanded to DC, as you guys know, last year, exactly one year ago today. Well, last week, actually, one year ago last week. And it's been fun. It's a really hot urban market with a thriving suburban area as well. But it's hard to expand. And when you're working in these cities, there are so many opportunities that it's really most cost effective if you plumb deep in those cities and take advantage of all the opportunities rather than bouncing around and spreading little firms in lots of different locations. So I'd rather stay, you know, an inch wide, mile deep and really continue to mine for gold in these cities. Uh, the funny thing is I was talking to somebody who called about the Academy. She lived in the suburbs of Seattle and it was really interesting talking to her because she was worried that living in the suburbs, you wouldn't have as much opportunity as you would in the city. And you guys know that my business originated in the city in New York city. And then I myself moved to the suburbs and we started servicing clients out here. And it's funny because in the city, People have three rooms they want to design, right? And so you'll design at most three rooms. You'll have a great experience. Their lease is between three and five years, or they're going to buy and stay there three and five years, and then they'll move to their next apartment. So you'll work with them on three rooms every three years at a maximum. Whereas in the suburbs, these people move from the city. They don't really have much they want to reuse. They have nine rooms they want to design and they want to do it in quick succession. So a suburban client is so much more valuable in the short term than a city client. You'll work with them more. You'll build a deeper, faster personal relationship because you'll be working on successive rooms with them. And it's just been a more fruitful experience. So I want you to think about not only working in Dallas in those condos, but also giving some of your focus to the suburban area. Because if I would have known how great it is to work in the suburbs, well, I would have done it a lot sooner. All right, Andrea, I hope that has inspired you to consider doing your own thing, opening your own type of business, or, you know, if you don't want to call it a business, just taking on some clients. I think that with some education and some confidence, you can get there on your own without affordable interior design expanding to Dallas. All right, my next question comes from... Amy, Amy writes, hi, Betsy. I loved your podcast, which mused over your Michael's window decorating. I have your book and I'm in the market for window coverings. I see you're fine with roller shades and Roman blinds. Any suggestions on affordable quality places to purchase them at this time? I know that stores change constantly. 
My husband can install them, but I want to make sure I'm buying good quality. Thanks for all that you do. All right, Amy. So I do have some ideas for this. And when I designed my own home, we splurged. We spent a little bit more than we could really afford on our home. And so I did not have a lot of money to do window treatments. That being said, I wanted to allocate money to fully treating those windows with both blinds and drapes, but I did so very affordably. JCPenney has semi-custom options, and so that's what I went with for every window uh, for most of my drapes, and I was able to do it on a shoestring budget. That being said, I've been in the space four years now, and they are fine, but not great. The pulleys are kind of wearing out. The little handles on the strings are falling off. I'm not super impressed. And if I would have had more money, I would have invested in window treatments that you don't have to swap out. So if you're not renting, if you're going to be in a space for over four years, don't cheap out. Now, there is a mid-tier, right? You could look at something like Blinds.com or Smith & Noble that have some really beautiful options, and you can send in your measurements or even have someone to come measure and then install them on your own. And then, of course, there's that other echelon where you could look at Hunter Douglas or the Shade Store and have it not only custom measured but custom installed. So it sounds like you're kind of a Blends.com, Smith & Noble candidate, and I would encourage you to look into those resources. All right, guys, if you have questions, please reach out. Send them to info at affordableinteriordesign.com. If you're a premium member, be sure to put that in the subject line. That way your note will go to the top of the mailbag. And if you'd like to be a premium member and support this podcast, well, we would really appreciate it. You can go to affordableinteriordesign.com. Click on the podcast tab. There you will see a link to being a premium member. For $5.99 a month, you help to keep us on the airwaves, but also you will get access to our bonus archive where all of our bonus episodes live. And that's where once a month I put up an episode where I go a little bit deeper than I'm able to go on the podcast. I talk about my interior design diary, projects that I'm working on, dilemmas I'm personally having. I just pull the curtain back even a little bit more. So you'll want to check that out if you like these normal episodes. You'll love the bonus episodes. All right, guys, until next week, stay warm, and I'll be talking to you soon. Bye. A big thank you to our amazing producer, Catherine Heller, to Aton and the MBCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends or write us an awesome review on iTunes. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.